Welcome back to Into the Filmverse. My name is Bryce Payne. I'm Mitchell Chandler. And today we are going to be discussing Ryan Coogler's feature film debut, Fruitville Station, along with our thoughts on DC and the plans announced at January at the end of January by one James Gunn. Yeah, James Gunn, I love him. So, we'll jump straight on into Fruitville Station, directed by Ryan Coogler, as said, starring one Michael B. Jordan and Octavia Spencer. Michael B. Jordan is amazing. He is fantastic. So, Fruitville Station is a heavy film. Very heavy. It uh, it follows the real-life events that happen to one Oscar Grant as he tries to celebrate New Year's Eve with his loved ones and trying to get through the day. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I just get angry every time I think about it. So. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, this, this dude, um, at least the way Oscar's portrayed throughout the film, um, definitely trying to do his best the way he can, uh, way he, way he, the way he can figure out life. So Oscar Grant is 22 years old. Mm-hmm. Now, Michael B. Jordan does not look 22 years old, but he is 22 years old. I think he does. He does. Okay. But I thought he was a little older. Uh, Mainly, sure I think it's cause I'm 24. So it was just like, uh, look, you look way more mature than I do. So like, I just don't believe you're 22. Oh man. What's that film we watched that was like horrible with the play, the music that was like. Play. Dear Evan Hansen, yeah. As long as it's not, like not Dear Evan Hansen <laughs> level, I'm good. Like, as far as like that age guy, shows, that guy looked like he, yeah. At least he's, at least Michael B. Jordan wasn't trying to be in high school. Yeah, exactly. But uh, so yeah, so Oscar, we'll just run through the day in his life. I mean, the movie opens up with showing you what happens. Yeah, they, it you doesn't, showed, it doesn't hide anything. No, it's like they pop him off, pop him right away, and I'm like, bro, we just, are we just gonna start like this. We just gonna start like just. So he punches us the face. I mean, I guess obviously you know what the film like what happens. So yeah, it's because like... Fruitville Station has is about the death of Oscar, and yeah. showing the events. And the film does a good job portraying him as a normal everyday guy just trying to get through life, which creates some heavy moments where you feel this air of despair throughout the entire film. And I know I ta- I texted you when I was watching it. I was like, "Yo, this film is heavy." Like, there's an air of just. Sadness you know, it was their solution. I, I was like, well, yeah, obviously, because they like they popped him off in the fr- you know they they you know kill him in the first fucking minute of the film. But then there was a certain so I was like, well, they kind of just built into it. But then there's a certain scene that happens that I'm like, you know what? Like I, I see what you're saying because it's more than that. There's like a scene when they're driving along. Um, just down the road, and it's on obviously on New Year's. So most of the film is it's all one day. Is it? It's all one day. Huh. You see them, you see him wake up and get ready for work. But well, see, get ready what, what happened with the, pr- the prison thing then? Prison's like a flashback. Okay, see, that's what I thought. Okay, I was confused. That's why. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, because he's, um, he's remembering that. Night. That makes more sense then. Okay. Um. Anyways, but, but yeah, so they're driving down, down the road and his daughter, daughter's in the back and she like, she looks out to the window, out the window and she sees like a family on the sidewalk, like shooting off, um, fireworks fireworks but it sounds like gunshots like it doesn't sound like fireworks and and like it's also like very slow like they slow it down a little bit and it's also like pictured through the glass and it's also like it just doesn't it seems very and they kind of like lower the music and like it seems very eerie like the the music plays such an important role in this film it does like music is something i typically don't pay too much attention to it's there and it creates mood mood and atmosphere but i'm paying attention to the story not the music yeah but I noticed the music in this because, like, as I was watching it, I was like, this music cues is making this film so, feel so sad and depressing. And I think part of it is you know what's happening. You know what's going to happen. You know he's going to get shot. 
You don't know when it's going to occur. You have an idea of where it's heading because they keep mentioning like you're going to take the train. You need to take the train. You need, and you're like, ah, you know it's coming. But the music is so heavy that it gets in your it gets in your gut. Like you feel the weight of the film and the topic throughout the entire runtime. Every single time he goes somewhere, you just feel this immense sense of dread. Yeah, exactly. I mean, cause you even even though you know that that's not the time he's gonna die, it's just you just know what's happening, and you're just like you want him to grasp each moment, like because uh, like because you know where it's heading, you know. And you see Oscar as he he goes to work. He's lost his job. He's trying to get his job back, and he you know he gets told like, "Hey, I'm not hiring you back. I'd have to let someone go. It's too late." And like it's almost like they keep kicking him when he's down. And like I know it's because you know what's happening, and you could, if you didn't know, you'd be like, "Oh well, you know, there's always a good chance he could get out of it." But as you know what's happening, you just keep seeing him like I don't want to say spiral, but you see him like almost delve back into his old life. Yeah. But kind of make the better decision to be like, you know, I don't need to do that. There's a better way to get out of this. I don't need to go down that road again. And you feel like he's actually trying to make amends yeah. and put his like best foot forward. But it's you know what's gonna happen, so you're just like <sighs> I will say that he uses the word bruh a lot. So much. A lot. So much. And I, I, I kind of got old but at the same time. I was like, you know, it feels genuine though because people talk like that. I, work I with, know. I work with a kid that says bruh all like, the time. Like I'll be on, I'll be working and he'll just be like bruh, bruh. And like after you mentioned that he did, that this guy said bruh the time that Oscar said bruh, I was like, I was like, I noticed it more. And I was just like, dude, he never, like this kid that worked never stopped saying bruh. <laughs> It was like, why does he just keep saying like it's a crutch, like it's a social crutch that he's using? I'm like, why? But I don't, I don't know, dude. Like, Oscar's so tragic. I mean, you see him yes. and his daughter, and you see how much like you feel like he cares about his daughter a lot, and like you know he's telling people like, hey, I have my daughter, and you know, it's such an important part to him. Like even like there's a scene where he's flashback in jail. His mom, played by Octavia Spencer, comes to visit him, and he's like talking to her and she's like this is the last time i'm coming and he was just like don't leave me in here don't you know give me a hug you know and he she was like well maybe you brought your daughter to come see you and he's like i can't do that i mean obviously i could we could probably do a more of a deep dive into this but i'm just kind of getting your your thoughts on this do you think she knew she was gonna tell him that she didn't want to come back after that or was it because of the way he reacted to that one guy that she was like you know what i'm not going to go through this again because like it felt it felt like to me like it was a normal conversation and she was and then, there for him, and like she didn't really want to be there, but she, you know, I could tell that. It was but... like her, do- it was her son, so she knew, so she had to be there. Yeah. But whether she wanted to be there is a whole different. Thing. But then, but then she saw him like, um, kind of get up and talk. Like you, he almost transformed into a different person. Hundred percent. He became so aggressive and like. No, it's like it was a, such a great acting moment for Michael B. Jordan because you can see the moment, like even in his eyes. As soon as he was like, turned... "Oh, is your mama snitch too," and he like turned to a whole different, like he turned into he turned a to Will animal. Smith. Sorry, I'm just kidding. It's horrible. I'm gonna slap the shit out of you. He like he got, he, the way know. the way he got up and was just like, "Would you say, bruh? And you're just like, "Oh crap!" And it's like you saw like Octavia Spencer's acting where she's just like, "I can't, I can't do this." Like it's not an atmosphere she wanted to be in. Yeah, and then to see him in his primal, it was almost like too much for her. Yeah, it's like she couldn't, she didn't want to see her son in that light, and she didn't want to be part of that. Because later in the film, you see how much she actually cares for him. Because she's like, you know, hey, you know, go out and drink and you know, have fun tonight. Take the train. Or, you know, just a little thing, especially at the ending. Yeah. Where. Got chills. Oh, man. It's so heavy. 
But you know, she loves him and she cares for him. But I think, yeah, I think she was just like, I can't be in this situation anymore. And you're putting me in the situation. And it's not fair to me, your daughter or your girlfriend. Right. And then there's a, there's a moment where, man, he's talking about, he's hiding that he lost his job. Right. And he's scared to tell people that he lost his job. I mean, he doesn't tell his mom. He just tells his girlfriend. There's a scene where his girlfriend finally like, hey, what's up? What is going on? And he finally is just like, screw it. I lost my job. And it's such a, it's a brave moment for him because you can tell it's not normal for him to be that vulnerable. Right. He's very much, you, you get the feeling that he, Oscar is very much like, I'll figure it out. He's not willing to ask people for handouts or try to get help. He's like, I will do this. So for him to be vulnerable and tell his girlfriend like, hey, this happened. I'm trying to figure it out, but I haven't done it. And then her instant reaction was like, are you back to selling dope? And then he's like, no, I threw it away. She's like, I don't believe you. Yeah. Which is partially you see who he is as a person in that moment. Who he, Up to that point, he would have gone and sold dope. Right. Figure it out. But he's grown. You feel it's like, you know, he's realized like, this isn't what I need to do. I mean, he goes to sell the dope and then he chooses not to. Oh, is that, is that where he gave it away? Yeah, I mean, he gave the thing. He had like, he got rid of the brick. Yeah, but he was going to do that, and he chose not to because he didn't want to put his daughter through that situation again, which is why we had the prison flashback with his mom. And it's such a growing moment. And then his girlfriend's like, she doesn't believe him, but she's willing to like accept it, and like she, she's given him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, like you know, we'll figure it out and we'll get through it together. And this was one of those things where she, you see them together, you see their love for each other, and their. You know, they, they're wanting to be with each other. But you know what's going to happen to Oscar. And it's, it's, it's hard. It's emotional. It just shouldn't happen. And then... I mean, so yeah. I mean, something I think about is there's a scene where a dog gets hit by a car. And Oscar tries to help the dog. And how it is a parallel to what happens to him. Where the dog gets hit. The dog was innocent. It wasn't doing anything. And then Oscar at the end gets shot. And it's like a parallel because no one helps him. I am trying to remember the dog getting one over, but for some reason that's... He goes He goes to the gas station to fill up his car, and he meets the dog, and he's like, hey, what a boy. And then the dog goes on the street and gets hit by a car. And he's like, oh, right. slow down. Which is a parallel because what happens is Oscar gets shot, and the cop tries to say that he thought his gun was his taser. Which, if the cop had slowed down. Okay, let me, I mean, this is about to be, I'm just going to take a quick sidebar right here real quick. How the hell does this happen, right? Like, in, in real life, how does how does that happen where, where a, a guy mistakes his, his gun for his taser, right? Right, obviously, there's a lot of things that happen with that. But then that happened again recently. It, it just keeps happening. Wait, how no, the the thing, Wait, it was with a girl, I think, a girl that, that did mis- she said she mistook her gun for her taser. And I'm like, how the... F- okay, like, how do you do that, A, just in general? But also, how does that happen again after this happens? Like, it, this this happens with this gentleman. And then, you know, Oscar. And then, why why is there more training and things that happen to say that that's not an excuse anymore? You know? You know what this one had me thinking about? George Floyd. Yeah, well, I'm saying that's well, there's another, it's, it just keeps repeating. Well, there's another dude recently that that got shot and died because the girl, the the police officer said she grabbed, her, she thought she grabbed her taser instead of her gun. And I'm like, 
That doesn't make any sense. The taser is a different part of your body. It it's makes less sense. less heavy. Like you know, it doesn't make. Any it sense. doesn't make any sense. It's almost like the it's an excuse. Yeah. Which is kind of what it feels like to me here, because when you, especially when you watch Oscar get shot, and obviously this is based on true events and not the actual. We're not watching what actually happened. I'm sure there's a video out there where you can see it, and it's probably grainy, 240p or whatever. I'm sure it's out there because people were recording it on their phones. Right. But it's one of those things where the officer is so quick to grab his gun and then shoots him and then almost doesn't really react to it. Like, he's shocked because, like, oh, my God, I did that. But it's not like a thing of, like, oh, my God, I, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it, it, it doesn't not, sound, no. It's not like he's also, shocked that he didn't use his taser. He's shocked that he actually pulled the trigger. Right. Also, it doesn't make sense why he even did it in the first place. Like, no, he, he had him all. on the ground anyway already. And there was like three other officers on top of him. Oscar. And had his, had their knee on his head. Yeah, exactly. Which is why like, I made me think doing? of George Floyd. Oh, right, right. It's just the parallels to what's happening today is astounding. I mean, this is 14, what, not even 14. Was it 14? This basically ago? happened right, pretty much right around the same time that the movie was like, Basically, it happened like right. Ryan Grugler basically directed it like right after it happened, pretty much, I'm pretty sure. I think it's like five years after. I think it's 2009, I want to say. I could be wrong. All I know is that... Like, they, I don't remember the date. Because they, they, they got a... Um... 2009. Okay. So this came out in 2013, so four years later. Okay. Yeah, but I know that... to be 14 years after this movie, after this event, 14 years after this event, and you're still having the same occurrences happen, there's nothing being learned. There's no, nothing's changed. No. Even with the, you know, the smartphones getting better and the ability to record and all this other stuff, it's still the same events happening all the time. And there has to come a point where people like Oscar, events like Oscar's death won't happen anymore, shouldn't happen anymore. I agree, but then you also look, I mean, this is like, this is about to be like a weird connection I'm making <laughs> just in my my head. But, like, you have, like, horrible stuff like this happening. And then, you know, it shouldn't happen anymore. But then you also have kids getting, like, elementary school kids getting shot. It's like. Well, you have elementary school kids getting guns and shooting people. Yeah, well, yeah, both. Exactly. You have people going and shooting elementary kids and elementary kids shooting people. Like, I think there's a teacher that got shot by an elementary school kid. Like, I mean, not that that's a specific, like, an exact parallel between this and, and you know, and racism. Like gun and, violence. And gun violence. Know? But I'm just saying gun violence and, and also just issues that are that are not being addressed and it's i don't know it it's hard for me especially to watch a movie like this where the ending is so you know what's going to happen you get the emotional response of octavia spencer to seeing oscar's body in the morgue not even the morgue she's just you know let me let me hug him he doesn't want to be alone you get this the film does a really good job of portraying them as normal people that could be you me anybody because they are. And 100%. And then you you just know that this is still happening. You get a news report two days after we watch it where it's the same thing almost. And it's, it's, it's unacceptable. But the movie the movie is so heavy and it's so well done. And it, I know, Mitchell, you don't rate movies about uh, people's deaths because it's hard to do. It, it's hard to put a number yeah. on a star rating on somebody's life. It's, a, it's just hard for me because just like, what do I... Because the film becomes like a spokesperson for that you know it, it's a it's a it and as long more, as, it comes more than a movie exactly and uh, like it's it's i mean it's a remembrance kind of thing yeah i mean i i think i might have rated malcolm x i don't know it's just like i think i don't know if i did or not 
I might have. I don't think you did. I can't remember off the top of my head. I know I gave Fruitvale Station four and a half stars. Five stars for me. I, guess, hard, I, I don't but... even know what to put it. Like, I just, I guess if I was going to put it, it just, I don't know. It just doesn't even feel like it makes sense to write it. I guess you, get, you did get Malcolm X's rating. Okay. I thought, but so I think Malcolm X is a little bit different because it's like, you know, Malcolm X is a, what's it called? Civil rights leader. It felt more like, more historical, historical. like a historical. Meanwhile, thing, Oscar's, yeah. like, Fruitvale Station is a average person's life. It just feels personal. Like, I don't know, you know. It could be someone um, you know. It could be your neighbor. It could be a co-worker. It could be a childhood friend that you know. Just, bam, they're gone. Yeah, I don't know. It, exactly. for, no, for no reason. For no Like, first off, let's discuss what happened with Oscar's death. He was fighting in self-defense. The guy punched him first. At least in the movie. Oh, I don't, oh, think, I don't know the, about the real event. Oh, you mean the um, the guy in, in, the, the, train in the train? Yeah, punched him. Also, first. how did he even single the? How did the police officer even single Oscar? I out think they the were train? all wearing very similar clothes. That's at least what I saw because I also had the same question where they pulled Oscar off, and I was just like, "But how do you know?" But then I was like, "Okay, so a couple things that irritate me about this. First off, self defense. The guy got punched first. Should be no reason. It felt very much like a race thing, right? But also, the girl." That he was talking to before he got punched, saw the whole event and didn't step forward. What was that, Katie? The yeah, the the blonde woman. Yeah, from the. She was on store. the train and she was recording, but she didn't go in there and try to tell them like, "Hey, he got punched first. Like nothing. No one tried. No one stepped up. I think it's probably because what was happening was like, well, I think there's a thing of like the chaos of stuff happening. The police officers like screaming everybody to get back in the train. But it, I don't know. I guess it just irked me that nobody was just like, "Hey, he didn't throw the first punch. The other guy threw the first punch. You should get him." And no one singled out the other guy. But also, I don't know. Yeah. Gang gang members was a well, hard. But also, at that point, they didn't know who did what, right? Yeah, but they saw the guy punched him. Like no, the guy is really. the guy is still on the train. They could have been like, "Hey," but I guess it would have made the situations worse. I don't know. I guess it just bothered me that like she didn't step up for Oscar, especially when he helped her like earlier. Helped her, and then she just pulled out her phone and recorded. And just like people do that all the time, like recording is not an action. I mean, I mean, it's not. It's not help. Oh, we got you. We got you. Okay, well, say something because Oscar just got shot, and you could have stepped up and been like, "Hey, you know, it's self defense, whatever." But I mean, that's not fair. That's probably a real person. We probably shouldn't tell her. I know, but I'm sure everybody did. I don't. Almost again, I don't know the true event. I wasn't there. Dramatized versions are different. People could have said something different. People could have done differently. But the way the movie plays it is, they just pull out their phones, they record what's happening. And like there are people like what happened? What happened? But like, no one's stepping up to defend Oscar, and that kind of just irked me. Just like you guys, everyone on that train saw what happened, saw the altercation, and didn't do anything. And that it happens in today's society. Yeah, people just like I'm trying to think what there is a a man called Otto. Had the same thing where the guy falls off the train and everyone pulls out their yeah. phones and records Otto saving him because Otto was like, no one else is stepping up. Yeah, everybody else was just like recording. He's like, so someone going to help him? I think, but what about you? And that kind of thing happens all the time. And it kind of, it's just, it bothers me that people are more inclined to see, to record than to step up. Yep, I agree. And just, I don't know, the whole, the whole ending with Oscar's death just felt so unjustified and so irritating and just anger. Anger, pure pure rage over what happened, especially in the hospital and seeing Octavia Spencer's reaction, and it's uh, heartbreaking and rough. 
yeah, it's like you don't even like it's hard to speak words about it. But if anything, it's a testament to how good Ryan Coogler did directing this and Michael B. Jordan's performance and Octavia oh, Spencer's yes. performance, and everyone has so much passion and it felt like they like they understood how important the story was and they put their all into it. I agree. Like it is, it is a relatively short film, eighty-two minutes long, but it flies by, and at the end, you almost feel like Oscar's a family member. Yeah, I agree. It, it it's just it's a beautiful film. Go check it out. It's fantastic and important story. Kind of made this whole podcast episode kind of depressing so far. So let's liven it up with some DC news. DC news. James Gunn. Hello. Yes, James Gunn came out at the end of January and finally revealed what he's going know, to be doing for his plans for back DC. Back in like December when he took over. I was like November, December. He was like, okay, we're going to announce in January our new DC news, like you know, our, our new slate. And um, <laughs> and he waited till the last day of January to do it. No, I kind of respect James Gunn for that. Cause he's just I like, did too. I think it was hilarious. Like, he's like, we're doing it in January. And everyone's just like, now? He's like, no. Now? Nah. The 31st. <laughs> now, obviously, the DCEU, as we know it currently, is kind of a shamble. It's a disaster. It's not playing out very well. It's been hit or miss all throughout the entire runtime. You got your highs, Wonder Woman, lows with Black Adam. But, you know, it's it's been like a roller coaster. Now, James Gunn taking hand and taking control of this whole studio opens up to some interesting decisions and controversial decisions for a lot of Zack Snyder fans, if you believe Twitter. And, uh, you know, you know, big thing. We'll, we'll kick it off with one of the first announcements and a... Uh, Big one, the first movie announcement. We have a new Superman movie confirmed, Superman Legacy, which does not star Henry Cavill, much to a lot of people's hatred and disappointment. Yeah. Um, I Henry Cavill, I'm okay with him not being Superman anymore. I'm okay. good with it. And the reason I am good with it, first off, Henry Cavill, fantastic Superman. He's born to be Superman. But there comes a point you need to let new things happen. And you need to let a new actor step in to possibly do a better job. Now, I'm not saying they will. Henry Cavill is fantastic, and it's going to take a lot to lead up to his performance. But as Henry Cavill in the DCEU, you need to start afresh. And what better way to start afresh, much like the DCEU did with Man of Steel, than a Superman film? You know what's hard for me is that, no, I, I definitely agree with you. Yeah, you should start your, uh, if you're going to restart DC, like anything DC. And make a franchise out of it. Superman's got to be your lead. You got to kick off with Superman. Um, I feel like even Batman isn't isn't that. Superman's your heart, your heart of everything. Um, he, he is the pure. Now, what I will say though is, it's kind of hard for me to like. Not, I wouldn't say judge these, but I, I'm. If they came out with anything DC, I'd go see it because I just love I love DC content. Obviously, the past like since the Dark Knight, we've just been in a roller coaster of ups and downs, and, and you know it's really made DC like a. Laughing oh, stock compared to Marvel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. and it, you're just like, oh, another DC's film's coming out. It's not that serious. But then you have things like the Batman and Joker, which are serious. So it's like nobody knows like whether or not anything's gonna be good or not. Now, um, now Superman Legacy though, James Gunn produced Brightburn, which is kind of a spin on Superman, which is really good. And it is really good. So if he can do that with a horror esque version of Superman, I am so excited to see what he can do with Superman Legacy. I agree. I, I think he's going to direct this one too. I could see it. I, I just, you know what's funny is I'm I'm not all about people doing like ego things, but I'm also like James Gunn directed Superman, hundred percent old. I don't <laughs> even care. Like I know he's like, we'll find a director, but I could just see him being like, yo, we need to start this off on the right foot. And there's a saying 
<laughs> you want to do something right, you do, do yourself. it yourself. Well, I think <laughs> I mean I honestly don't think it's a bad idea because clearly, I mean, Slither, Guardians of the Galaxy, um, what else did you do recently? I can't remember. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy two, Peacemaker, Peacemaker, Suicide Squad. Yeah, Suicide Squad. There, there we go. Um, lots of great films that we've we've seen from him. Um, and he knows that he can specifically nail a tone when he goes for it. And I think that he's going to want to set his DC franchise up for um, specifically what type of tone we're going to go forward with. And I think directing this film would help, help with that. I, I have a lot of faith in this, and I think it'll be a good start to the DCEU. But you know he's got to have his quirky groups. He loves his little groups of weird people. He does. You know, you think about things like Guardians of the Galaxy with Rocket and, you know, just completely obscure group coming into mainstream. Talking you got me. the Suicide Squad bringing up characters like Weasel that you just wouldn't Ooh. expect. Yeah. And then you get a look, and obviously Polka I Dot don't... Man. Polka Dot Man. but then you get a look at this next group he's doing, which is The Authority. I have no idea anything about that. Do you have anything new? No. Okay, have you seen the photo of the group? Yeah. Whack. Who is that metal robot dude? I don't know why, like... I don't know anything about this group, but just seeing a picture of the robot guy is like, he's going to be my favorite. I don't know anything about them, but like, I just like the way he's drawn. And then you got the quirky little animal character. And I'm like, of course there's an animal character. James Gunn loves his animal characters. Wait, wait, was that the, wait, no, the authority is more like, was this like the person that looks like the silver surfer? Is it? No. Cause yeah, I feel like there's the authority. The and then there's the, no, no. Now see, now see, this is how obscure this is because we're both we're just in there like uh 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 uh. Yeah, this this was the picture he used. Oh, is it? Yeah, the the, the other one you're talking about is the creature commandos. Oh, dude, dang it! Okay, see, now I didn't even know there was a second group. Yeah, so the authority is also another weird group. Um, they they've been known to rival the Justice you League. You think they're gonna use that kind of style? Yeah. I, you really? Well, no. <laughs> I'm not going to talk to you about what I just showed him, but I'm looking at the photo. <laughs> and um, I'm just like, there's like a weird Batman ripoff. people are thinking that he could be... Yeah, he is. He is. That's the thing. He, they're like the anti-Justice League. Anti? So they're villains? Yes. Oh, he's delving into the villain arc like Suicide Squad? I'm cool with that. So basically, I mean, I'm going to have to read... I actually rented this, uh, this comment from the, the library because I want to know more about these characters. But yeah, they're basically like a intergalactic Justice League, um, even though... Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, that basically is good at first, but then they turn evil, and then Superman has to fight, fight them all because they have different opinions on how to... They're not evil. They just have different opinions on how to run the galaxy. This is very interesting to me. Like, this is the best... For, okay, so, like, I watched James Gunn's thing, but I didn't really pay attention to, like, what he was talking about. I was just like, oh, that's cool. Oh, that's cool. Batman, that's cool. And But this is my first... Oh, my God. I'm looking at clip. I'm looking at little comic panels, and then I'm just like, this guy just oh, like snaps this guy's head off. Yeah, it's very violent. Okay, you know James Gunn doing this. I accept. I'm excited. I think this might be something that will be fantastic. Um, and then yeah, so I mean, uh, take yeah, it says like the authority to take matters into their own hands to do what they believe is right. I respect. I think this will be fantastic. And this is a TV show, correct? No, this is a movie. This is a movie. Yeah. Ooh. Okay, all right. I'm I'm sold. I'm sold. I'm excited for this. I think James Gunn does really good with team movies, so I'm just like, yeah, let's go. Now I don't think he'll direct it. I don't no. think, but I think that he will be. He will have a heavy hand in it. I agree. I think he'll have a heavy hand in all this, Everything. much like Kevin Feige. Yeah. But I oh oh, this is exciting. Okay, so this one for me is my most anticipated <laughs> film out of this entire DC slate, and almost anything that DC has. The Brave and the Bold. Okay. 
Okay. Okay. Batman. I love this. Okay, so first off, James Gunn confirmed the Robin will be Damian Wayne. His I song. love Damian Wayne. I think he is a fantastic um yin like him and Batman have such a great relationship with yin and yang kind of thing. I think Damien really portrays a angrier, younger version of Batman. And Batman, at this point, when Damien is introduced in the comics, at least, has already had like three or four Robins. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of an older, weathered kind of guy who's kind of calmed down a bit. And Damien's a nice like reminder to him like how he used to be when he was younger. Yeah. And I love that relationship because Damien's very aggressive and very like, you know, he's an assassin, a trained assassin and stuff. He's very... I love their relationship so much. So when I heard that he's going to be the Robin, I'm like, this is it. This is the best Robin we're ever going to have. And I don't like, I don't care. I'm just like crazy. I'm just, okay. They're starting out with a brave and the bold with this Batman. That's, I mean, we don't, we obviously don't know what, what, what they're going to do in the movie. If he's going to have these other Robins at this point, if he's going to have, um, you know, Batgirl, if he's going to have a bat family, um, already, or if that's something that comes later in Damien's like first in this iteration of Batman, but I, I'm just very curious as to see how, how they do this because, you know, the, this is the first film that they're setting up in this universe of films. It's such a great sequel. To, I, I don't want to say sequel. Follow-up to Superman, which is what they should have done in the first place, is have a Batman-led movie. Thank you. But uh, I'm, I'm interested to see what he does with it. And it's just, it's exciting for that Batman is getting, first off, we're getting Batman Part 2. Yeah. Like, that, I think that's later on in the news anyway. But Batman Part 2, and then we're getting Brave and Bold. Batman is coming to the big screens with a vengeance, and I love it. Vengeance. Um, so so Supergirl, um, is a film. It's a TV show that that's been out for a long time, and that has not been doing good. And I don't understand. I think they canceled it. No, I was about to say that. Yeah, I don't understand how it's been going so long until they canceled it. But it, was, it had like six seasons. Yeah, it was insane it for was... some reason. Um, I, I never watched it because I never watched any of the CW shows. I heard The Flash was really good. Green Arrow was really good. But the other ones were all kind of like hit or misses. What? It... Never seen The Flash? Like, man, TV shows are hard. That makes me sad. The Flash is it's so the, good. It's the effect. Even the it's Arrow the, was It's good. the visual effects. I just can't handle it. It looks cheap. You you tell me. Because I've seen clips from it. You tell me that the one where like The Flash is the villain at the end of the season looks good. Because it doesn't. Mm. It doesn't look good. I'm not gonna argue with you on that. I That's fine. Like... I, I haven't watched the show, and no, I don't plan to watch. I'm the not show, arguing with so... you. Because I agree with you. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, um, so the Su- Supergirl show, and then we're getting a movie, correct? Yes, yeah, so and that's what I wanted to say because, like, Supergirl has always been, you know, something that's not been. I mean, she's been a powerful character, but also not very looked at great in the past few. She has a movie. Years, huh? There's a Supergirl movie coming out, or already, already out. When? From the '80s. Okay, no. It's set in the Christopher Reeve Superman universe. Is there really? And it's. Oh boy, well okay. So Supergirl, <laughs> Woman of Tomorrow is is a new feature film coming out, um, and this specifically follows a um, Supergirl who was marooned on a piece of crypt- Krypton that got you know exploded. I she- I love the concept that like Krypton blew up and then she's just out there just like sitting on a rock, bruh. <laughs> um, and it's based on yeah, so Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, and it's actually based on that comic run. Um, I actually ordered that from the library too to to watch. So I mean, I'm read. I'm interested in this. I think it's interesting that they chose to do a Supergirl movie before like Wonder Woman or anything. Like I know we have Wonder Woman movies, and apparently Cal Gadot should still be Wonder Woman. No, and I'm once again after apparently I'm not sure. I've heard conflicting reports. Oh no, 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 I'm saying I'm I'm just I'm not disagreeing with you, but I've heard the same thing. I'm just saying I disagree with that report because it's just 
uh, it's weird to me that they would recast other people, but then they'd be like, but you can stay. The reason I, okay, here's why, because I know, um, Shazam, uh, Aquaman, 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 Beetle, and there's one other film that's coming up this, this year. Um, what's the other DC film? There's Shazam, there's Blue Beetle, there's Aquaman, and The Flash. Um, and I heard that sh- that sh- Wonder Woman is in The Flash, and she's also in. Uh, or I think she, I, th- I think I heard she's Aquaman, perhaps. Um, but I also heard that Zachary Levi might be able to come back. I'm telling you that none of them are coming back. Well, I mean, James Gunn was like Shazam safe because it kind of feels like it's his own world. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And then my uh, laugh at that because I did the Superman cameo, and since they didn't use his face, they could be like, <laughs> <laughs> it's in its own world. Um, but yeah, so but I think it's cool because this is supposed to be like a more Supergirl is supposed to be more of a jaded character than Superman because a lot of iterations of Supergirl she's very much like just a carbon copy of Superman of Clark, just like a female swap. Yeah, exactly. Like she's the exact same basically thing. She just got transported to Earth and you know raised as, as a human. You know all that stuff. Um, but this one, she's a lot more, a little bit more feisty, angry because she's had to murder a lot of people on 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 uh, her rock to stay alive. And so when she gets to Earth, she's a much more angry character. Or just, not, not angry, but she has a different view of the world. I like this. I like that James Gunn is, like, focusing on anger a lot. Like, it just feels funny to me that you're just like, yeah, you know, Superman's cool. Yeah, we got Batman with Damian Wayne. We got <laughs> Supergirl over here, and we got the authority over here. It's a oh, lot yeah. of violence for James Gunn to be kicking out the DCEU. Speaking of violence. Oh, yeah, dude. Okay. I'll do this. Uh, I love Swamp Thing. I I what? I love Swamp Thing. You do? Why? I do. Oh, it it reminds me a lot of um God, we just watched it. Where Werewolf by Night. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of that of like that. Creature. Did you ever watch Swamp Thing, the TV show that came out? They have a movie. Oh. There's two movies. Oh. I haven't seen them. But I oh. read the comics with Swamp Thing. I like Swamp oh, okay, Thing. Cool. And then this is a horror film in the DCEU. And he's very yeah. he, he tells he says a horror film and I'm like James Gunn horror, you say. Did you hear who this is potential uh, director might, might be? I I read it, but I don't remember it. James Mangold. That sounds so familiar. Logan. Logan, yes, okay. I remember because um Sean talks about on Twitter was talking about how like because it was like the day after the release, they were like potentially James Mangold. And he was like, That's something you put in your in your report. It is. Yeah. A, like, if you're gonna do this, it's not slate. You put that in your report because that's amazing. And I was just like, I love Swamp Thing. <laughs> that would be really cool. Just just knowing that that dude would make Swamp Thing, I'd be like, yes. I'm oh here. yeah, no. So yeah, that's amazing. Anyway, the film slate, amazing, perfect films. I'm so excited for all of them. 2025 for Superman. We'll see when the other ones come out. Yeah, but what's cool about those all all these films that like he announced? I mean, there's what five films he's announced, and um. He said that's like that's only part of it, but he said he, uh, more if he announces more stuff, it's spoilers. So I'm just oh, like, oh, bet. Okay, so and then moving on. Okay, so James Gunn did make a very cool announcement, much like Marvel is doing. He confirmed all their TV shows and all their any iteration, animated, live action, even video games. Yep, everything's gonna be connected. Yep, and played by the same actors. And okay, it makes it very interesting for me. I, I like all that the way that sounds, except video games. Hey, video games don't is like messy. That. Video games is a messy territory to because get into. A, I know it takes like four or five years for video games to get made. It takes a long time. Like three to four. It, take, it takes a long time because unless you're, you're, unless you're Activision or Call of Duty, then they're like two years. 
Chargers. Yeah, you could use the same engines and the same, probably a lot of the Bust, same stuff. Busted out. <laughs> um, Can you imagine if Marvel did that with like Marvel Spider Man? Like, what if that was Tom Holland Spider Man? Yeah, it gets so confusing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about all that. It'd be a, it'd be a mess. Like, like Wolverine games gonna be the movie version of MCU. That'd be insane. Did you hear that they're gonna make that like rated R? Good. Right now. Anyway, m- moving on. So, like, the TV shows and all that stuff's going to be connected and canon. Yeah, is... and he actually said, well, okay, this is cool what he said, though. He said that, because I don't think we've seen a ton of this in Marvel. I don't know yet, but they're going to move out of animation and into live action. Yes. That's and I cool. think that it's kind of like, a, I would say, kind of like what they did with What If and Doctor Strange. We had Captain Carter, and then she showed up in the Doctor Strange movie. Yeah. So it's it's similar, but I think this will be a lot more fluid. Exactly, which brings us into my first the, the first show that I mistakenly <laughs> call the Authority Creature Commandos with a cool robot dude, and I don't know anything about them, but it has a robot dude and a creature, and I'm so excited because I'm just like weird Guardians of the cool. Galaxy. Let's go! You know what he did though? What was smart that he said that they're gonna weave it in and out of live action? Because I was not gonna watch this unless he said that. I just don't care. Like it didn't look like it didn't look cool to me. I mean, uh, maybe if people like watched it, I think it's really so good. funny that you're like it didn't look cool, and I'm over here like robot dude. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just got to think about all the stuff we got to watch anyways, and I'm just like oh, adding another. It never ends. Yeah, I'm just like okay, adding another like animated TV show that you know that look. I mean, it's, it, I'm sure not all animation is bad. Obviously, one of my favorite Spider-Man films is Into the Spider-Verse. Um, it's just a lot to add on. Yeah, well, um, it, it sounds cool for me, and I think it'll be cool. But I don't know. Anyway, moving on, because we've already talked about that before. We have uh, Viola Davis returning as Waller, which is amazing, in Waller, mm-hmm. which is uh, live action, correct? Yep, live action. It just uh, features, it's in between Peacemaker Season 1 and Season 2, um, basically just dealing with uh, more creature stuff, and or, you know, more DC Universe stuff, and also the fallout of... Because, yeah, you know, at the end of... I don't know. Did you watch Peacemaker? I did. I love Peacemaker. Okay. So, you know, at the end of that one, how um her daughter basically outs her and her organization. Yeah. So, basically, it's something her doing with the fallout of that, too. I love Viola Davis, though. So, I'm like, yes, give me more. The best her. thing to come out of the Zack Snyder stuff was what Viola Davis is Waller. It's amazing. And then just the idea that, like, Peacemaker's coming back for it. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, here's a segue to this. Do you think John Cena realized what he was getting into when he signed in for Peacemaker? He was just like, oh, yeah, the Super no, Squad, that sounds cool. Not. And then they're like, TV show. And he's like, oh, that's cool. And they're like, you're stuck here for life. And he's just like, oh, um, oh, no. <laughs> and they're like, no, people, sure it. people love you in this. And he's just like, cool. And then Dave Batista's over here like, can I be in it? <laughs> no, I think Dave Batista wants something more. But and Dave Batista kind of seems like he's over the comic book things. And I appreciate that, especially with Knock of the Cabin. I'm like, let him stretch. Yeah, I don't think, like, if it was Joker, I think he'd be more interested in that. Than... I heard that he, that people are trying to fan cast him as Lex Luthor. Um, I also heard people trying to fan cast him as, oh, fudge. There was another character that he, that people said he would be really good as. I don't know. I can't remember. I, know, I remember, I remember Luthor because I think he commented saying that he, it would be cool. But, you know, I, th- I once again think he's trying to move away from comic books. I think it's, he's specifically trying to be more dramatic actor. Which I'm, I'm good with. Do it. Yeah, same. But anyways. Um, Booster Gold. This is a character that is honestly more of a side character, so it's crazy that we're trying to elevate him to a, uh, you know, his own TV show. Um, but this is uh, basically a character that was in the future, um, comes back to the past, and uses the technology from the future to seem cool in the present. 
It's such a loser character, and I'm so excited. I know. It, it feels cool. like it's going to be just like a pure comedy show where he's just trying to be cool and then just can't do it. <laughs> That'd be funny. Especially because if you look at the, if you look him up online, you see a picture of him in the comic. He does try to look like this cool, like, jockey kind of character. Yeah. And I just want him to be a loser. I just want him to look cool you know and, be like, be, and be like, I'm awesome, and then just keep messing up. You know what Booster Girl reminds me of? Johnny Bravo. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh my god. Like just, just like the he... idea of it sounds yeah, yeah. I'm cool with that. Yeah, no, it seems it seems stupid, but it seems like a good comedy show. Now these next two Yo, okay, so like this next one though. Yeah. I grew up on um James Stewart. John Stewart? John Stewart, John Stewart. I had toys of him and I loved him and that's it leads into uh John Stewart and Hal Jordan getting their own show in Lanterns. Okay, you think Ryan ever? Reynolds is gonna come back as Green Lantern? No. Never. <laughs> never, ever, ever. People, people should ask him. Like, hey, hey, we're doing DC again, eh? <laughs> hey, man, we're doing this another shot. Like, you're great as Deadpool, but like, we would really like you to be Hal Jordan. He'd just be like, "I killed him. He did. I, he murdered. Him. He's not alive." <laughs> he's like, "Ryan Reynolds is not alive to do that." And they're like, "But Ryan, he's like, no, I'm not doing it. I refuse." Yeah, he murdered. He, 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 I guess, yeah, he can't because he, he, uh, he murdered Deadpool the right one. Deadpool yeah. <laughs> shot him. No, no so, it's cool. I love lanterns. I, um, so it's kind of supposed to be like a, like a noir kind of mystery film, right? Dark, dark mystery. Uh, trope. no, not, not mystery. They're like space cops. Yeah, like a crime, crime thriller. Um, my thing is, like, I was always under the impression that there was only one Green Lantern per sector. Sure. Like one or like I don't know. I always thought I never knew that James Stewart and Hal Jordan could coincide because I always thought it was like one of them, like only one at a time. I think that was the original thing, but also like screw it. It's just it, comics. You can write whatever you want. I know. It's just it's one of those things where like I love that they're bringing James Stewart to the slide, to the screen. I love that Hal Jordan is coming back. John Stewart. John Stewart. Dude, I'll, I'll, James is a better name. Okay. James is a better name. James is a better name. <laughs> John Stewart. I never really watched him in anything other than like the Justice League animated movies growing up. Yeah, honestly, uh, but I, I always thought he was cool. I don't know, like I always, I always like these two are the main ones I think of as, as the Green Lantern. But whenever, Star. whenever I would watch like an anime, like a, if I ever heard Green Lantern, I was always like, John Stewart's cooler. I don't, like, yeah, like Hal Jordan is a chump. Um, <laughs> he was a, Hal Jordan is such a, like a goody two shoes and everything, and then like John Stewart's just like a badass. Yeah, yeah, like I always just was like, he's better. I don't care. Like I know I haven't seen him in anything. I haven't read the comics, but I could just tell. You know what specifically makes me um, excited about this film? Are we starting a TV show? What? Uh, it's HBO Max. Okay. So, well, okay, so <laughs> the reason I'm excited about that is because the HBO Max is the one that delivers the higher quality content. You know, that's the one that gave us Game of Thrones, that one gave The Last of Us. Um, you know, we basically... It's getting... so funny that this stuff is coming out, and then they're over here like, you hey, know, man, we'll cancel some stuff, we'll get rid of things. And then they're like, Last of Us. And everyone's like, this is why you don't do that. Because you put out good quality. And people watch it. And then you go around and cancel stuff. And be like, we're just going to get rid of it. Get rid of, like what? Well, didn't they do like a bunch of downsizing stuff? Where like movies were going off the streaming service made for it last year. Like one of them that comes to my mind is Cole Sprouse had a movie. I watched this movie, but I cannot remember Well, I guess movie. there's a difference between HBO Max and HBO, right? Yes, like, I'm talking about the, the company H- of HBO that, that made H- the yes, content. but HBO Max was getting rid of a bunch of movies and stuff and taking off content after right. they got purchased by Discovery, right? Which is just weird to me because it feels like they they were downsizing and then they're like Last of Us. Oh my god, it's doing amazing. Oh my god, 
Game of Thrones is doing amazing. Lanterns. And it's just like, you guys are getting rid of content. Like, what are you doing? Just keep adding. Like, what? Stop. <laughs> okay. I am not really sure. I don't, I don't know. I haven't heard about that. I think but... we talked about it a while ago, but I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast. Okay. Anyway, so moving on. And this is where I get confused is this next show. Because with everything happening in DCU, it's weird. This is Paradise Lost, which is a television show based on the Warriors of Themyscira, which is where Wonder Woman's from. Which brings me to the question of, like, is Gal Gadot still Wonder Woman? Because if this is set before the movies, this makes no sense in, like, their timeline, but I don't understand. I don't think so, but we don't know. Um, just, all they it, said it was, like... I, well, he said, um, I don't know, the way James Gunn worded it made it seem like it was still the same Themyscira. That is what it seemed like, yeah. But I, I'm, I'm thinking by the time we get to it, it's not going to be. It's, it's, it's a show where very not much is known, but it sounds cool. Yeah, basically just set at Themyscira, and it's based on the Amazons and the birthplace of Wonder Woman. Um, it, it focuses on the genesis and political intrigue of an island of all women, but it was way before Wonder Woman showed up. So yeah, it's, think, just, it's just one of those things where I'm like, you could get away with it. But this is also supposed to be HBO Max, which I think is really cool. Or aren't, HBO aren't, show. Aren't all the shows going to be HBO? Uh, I, I think so. Oh, I guess that that would make sense. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. It's ex- it's exciting with this announcement. I know that you said that he has a lot of stuff still in the works, but I feel like this calmed a lot of people down about him being in charge because a lot of people were just like, "He's ruining everything," and then they get this announcement. They're like, "You doing a Swamp Thing movie? That's kind of cool. You doing a Brave and the Bold movie? That kind of cool. And he's just like, see, I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I, I feel like some people are, there's people that will just rant no matter what. Oh, did um, you hear about everybody trying to get Netflix to get the rest of Zack Snyder's, like, Snyderverse stuff? Like, this makes, guys, stop. What are you doing? Why? No, stop it. Just it's cool. Let it die. Stop. Some things need to die. You can't complain about it and then try to save it. Like, make up your mind. Why? They weren't that good. They weren't it's, that good. They were average. They were average. They, like Zack Snyder's Justice League was good, but like, come on, come on! It was only good because compared to Justice League, it's good. Yeah, like I'm, okay, but here's the thing: even even if that film is good, right? Even if we we all agree that Justice League is good, because I do agree, you know, Zack Snyder's version. Um, thank you for clarifying. I was really like, what? Justice League was okay, but Zack Snyder's Justice League was really good. No, stop! We're 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 moving on. Stop. Just nobody cares about justice. Zack Snyder doesn't even want to do it. He said he has other films. <laughs> why would he want to come back to that? Nobody. Also, he's why busy, would he want he's that? busy with Rebel Moon. Like, move on. Like, to me, that just sounds, I mean, it honestly just doesn't sound like anybody like, actually wants to watch, like, good films. Now, now, speaking of moving on, though, you know what isn't moving on? DC Elseworlds. What? DC Elseworlds. You know, Joker 2, The Batman 2. James, oh, right. Gunn, James yeah. Gunn continuing that kind of stuff is fantastic and something I wish Marvel would look into. Oh, yeah. The, basically, he announced that not only is he going to be doing all these this new slate set in the DCU, but they're doing DC Elseworlds properties or just projects, which are basically specifically labeled as DC Elseworlds, but aren't con- which is films that aren't connected to the main DCU. Kind of bring- like a multiverse type of thing, but without yeah. the multiverse label yeah. and being able to live in a world of their own. Which is something Marvel is too scared to do. Um, I just don't. Okay, I don't know if that's too scared. I just don't think they've designed it that way. Because I, 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 I know Kevin Feige. I, I, I mean, I don't know him. But the problem is, if Marvel tried to do it, they've already made this 26, 28 movie world universe where everything's connected. And then they'd be like, 
No, I don't know, I man. Don't... Here's this random movie, and then people would be like, well, how's it connected? And they're just like, it's not. I don't <laughs> think that would be an issue if they properly planned it out. It would be it would be something that would take a long time, I think. Um, you know, a long time, but, uh, you know, like they, like, like uh, James Gunn is doing, they plan stuff out five, ten years in the future. Uh, Marvel does the same thing five, ten years in the future, so we don't see... Can you imagine planning things out ten years in the future? That's insane. I... I bet both studios have this giant whiteboard just covered in strings where everything's like, this is connected to this and this is connected to this. We can't mess this up because it's connected to this. And it's just, it's probably just like people walking there like, that gives me a headache. It's also weird to do because like DC, you kind of have like a built-in audience and superhero genre, like pop culture, you know, that Marvel's would definitely brought people into theaters. So when you have DC making plans and making announcements, they're going to go into theaters. Um, But the studio should not do this. Like this is a bad idea. Because Tom Cruise's Monster Hunter or Monster Universe that they were trying to create, scrap that immediately. You didn't like the Photoshop photo with with uh, Johnny Depp and all of them. <laughs> I don't remember that, but oh my god, dude, it is so funny. Okay, so they people are not knowing they tried to do a DC the uh, Universal Monsters extended universe, like the Mummy and like M- Mummy, and, and they they made the Mummy and they expected the Mummy to do so well. <laughs> It didn't do that well. It did not. It did not do well. Is that the, is that the film where they CGI'd his abs on? Yes, because he was like, if I'm going to be shirtless, I got to have abs, and it looks terrible. Terrible. I'm I'm looking up this photo, so I'm just trying to like keep things moving. Okay, so they they did this right, and they announced like Russell Crowe is Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde is like the this is like supposed to be the uh, Samuel L. Jackson of the universe. You got I don't know her name as the Mummy, and then they had Javier. Bardem. Bardem as uh, the Wolfman. And then they had Johnny Depp as the Invisible Man. And so they made, they photoshopped this photo of all the actors together to try to promote the like universe. And it is so bad. It's photoshopped? It's photoshopped. It looks pretty good for a photoshop. He's not even actually touching him. He's like, like I'll put the for for you guys at uh, at home watching YouTube. I'll put the photo. I mean, obviously you'll like, see it. But. Everything just like looks layered weirdly and like fake, and there's no shadows on anybody, and they're not there together, and they're all sitting there posing for this. Why photo. does it look so classy? I don't know. But then like they're all wearing these dress like like suits and stuff, and then Tom Cruise is just sitting there in jeans and a black shirt. <laughs> he didn't put a blazer on or anything. Nothing, nothing, and everybody else is wearing like a fancy dress pants or suits or. And then uh, you like, you like how it's just like four white guys and a, and a white girl. Yeah, and it's terrible. no diversity at all. It's terrible, and it, like the mummy was terrible, so they canceled it. And you know what we got out of that? You know what we got? Oh. The Invisible Man in twenty twenty. That was a good film. I didn't like it, but I'm I'm biased. Okay, so for, okay, my God, I just lost so many people. <laughs> We lose people all the time. It's okay. I'm so sure the, we lost it. the reason this is like a complete segue, and just because we brought it up, the Invisible Man just didn't work because I watched the 1931 one right the day before, and I liked that one more, and I felt like the new one was a disappointment. Yeah, no, I, I haven't rewatched it. I might change my mind on a rewatch. I don't plan to rewatch it. <laughs> I might change my plan on a rewatch, but it's never gonna happen. So. I, I don't plan on it because I just didn't like it, and it's one of those things where, like, you know, when you watch a movie and you don't like it. And you're like, well, maybe I should rewatch it. And you're like, but I didn't like it. So I really want to rewatch it. No, <laughs> I feel you. Or like when you watch something that's really good and you'll love it. And then you're like, if I rewatch it, am I going to still love it? So you just never rewatch it. It's the same thing. Definitely. So any, any last uh, minute thoughts on DC news we should talk about here? Joker two is going to be a musical. 
I think it's going to be a part musical. I don't think it's going to be a full-on musical. If I don't hear Joaquin Phoenix bust out in a song in Arkham Asylum, I'm going to be so disappointed. Ah, he's just going to start laughing. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's a... I, I like that they're keeping that stuff. James Gunn needs to do more. I agree. Okay, anyway, well... Mo- moving on and ending the podcast, thank you for listening to us. We uh, ranted about Fruitville Station. Sad. And... Sad. Kind of mellowed everything out, and then we picked everything back up with a look into DCU. Yeah, let us know what you thought. can't call it the DCEU anymore, because it's just DCU. It is just DCU, yeah. And it's kind of confusing, because I'm just, all I think about is, like, Detective Comics Universe. Detective Comics DCU. <laughs> but also, I'm just keeping on to be, like, D-Cinematic Universe. DC, oh, yeah, the MCU, Marvel <laughs> DCCU, that's what it should be called, DCCU. But anyway, thank you for listening to us. We enjoy talking about this. Let us know what you're excited for in the DCU. It's going to be so hard to keep that straight. In the DCU, let us know your thoughts, your most excited project. Let us know if you think Swamp Thing is going to be the best thing out of this. It definitely will be. Well, maybe if James Wong goes back to cool. But it's got, Batman. it's got, yeah, I know Batman. That's immediately, as soon as I said it, I was like, oh, I'm a Batman. Anyway, thanks for watching, and until next time. Oh, hey, we have waited yeah, for probably find just, us. Uh, where we can find us. <laughs> no, screw that. We're done. <laughs> Cut it. Cut it. No, anyway, um, you can find me at Letterbox at Pain Reviews, P A Y N E Reviews, TikTok at Pain Reviews, and on Twitter at Sanguine Films. And you can find me at Mitch Chandler, um, pretty much everywhere. I'm spelled M Y T C H E O. If you want to follow the podcast at Into the Filmverse Podcast, just look it up. It's everywhere. You like how I'm trying to take in, trying to take charge more, and I just I like keep it. messing everything. No, it's up. okay. I've been doing it for years. <laughs> so you're, you're, you're I'm just getting like, into it. I got it this time, <laughs> and I'm just like, bye. That's all, folks. Anyway, until next time, Excelsior. Excelsior!